It may have taken a bit, but David Griffin has finally built the type of team he has wanted from the New Orleans Pelicans, and it's time for him to get his due and his credit, potentially, as the NBA's Executive of the Year. It's the Tuesday episode of Locked on Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked on Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on this Tuesday. Yeah, the show is still five days a week. Please keep making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen because we have got a whole lot to talk about with this Pelicans team. We're going to be reviewing the season, previewing the upcoming offseason, talking about the offseason when it happens. The NBA draft lottery is like two weeks away or so at this point. Then we got the draft free agency, and then it's just right into training camp, summer league, then training camp. It's going to be a lot of fun talking about this team on the rise because of one man, David Griffin. He finally did it. He finally did did it. Took three years, but his moves this season were top notch. Could he be in the running for NBA's executive of the year? I think he should be. Will he? We'll talk about that coming up here next or coming up later in today's show. But I want to run down some of the moves he's made this year because again, they were good. When you look at what he's done, and we've got to go back basically to the start of the draft with this one on a draft day trade where he moved out Steven Adams and Eric Bledsoe along with a 2022 first-round draft pick and then moved back from 10th to 17th with the Memphis Grizzlies. And then this all got tied in with the Charlotte Hornets. We don't need to get into the complexities of the trade. Basically, out goes Steven Adams, Eric Bledsoe, right? Clear some cap space and you move back seven spots in the draft and give up a future lottery-protected, you know, top-10-protected first-round pick which it looks like they're going to keep. And in comes Trey Murphy instead of Zaire Williams, who was taken at 10th. That seems to be okay because Trey Murphy was great. Herb Jones in the second round being drafted there. Jose Alvarado being signed as an undrafted free agent. We count him as part of that class, right? And then also comes in in that deal is Jonas Valanciunas who was better than Steven Adams and clearly was able to do a whole lot more offensively for this team than Adams ever was. When you look at that deal, that is a smoking win for the Pelicans and what David Griffin did. I was a little bit skeptical about Valanciunas. I'm still a little bit skeptical about how he's going to pair with Zion Williamson when he comes back. But this season, it paid dividends in big time, and I was wrong about that. And then dropping from 10 to 17, no big deal. Trey Murphy was their pick. That was the guy they kind of keyed in on all along. So this trade made a ton of sense for them. We've seen what we want to see out of him, and we know his future is bright in the league. And then you also factor in that, yeah, he had to give up that Lakers pick, but they're actually going to end up keeping that Lakers pick, most likely, unless something crazy happens. So overall, this is great. That was a great trade for New Orleans and really kind of gave them a bit of a lifeblood this season, right? That's two starters right there in Herb Jones, second round pick and Valanciunas. 
And then when you factor in that, that deal also included Devontae Graham bringing him in, though I'm less excited about that part, the fact that they gave up a lot of, you know, a, a 14th, 15th, 16th pick, whatever it might be, to the Charlotte Hornets for Devontae Graham. But he started about half the year. I don't think he adds a ton. I don't think his minutes have been great, though he had a few flashes in the offs in, in the postseason. But still, you know, it could could be worse, though I'm still not thrilled about it. But overall, when you look at that deal, that's just an A-plus trade for David Griffin. And then when we're still talking about the offseason, we're not even talking about kind of the biggest move that he had, right? Signing Willie Green, hiring him to be the head coach. This was all tremendous work. Willie Green, and we'll talk about him in tomorrow's show, is arguably the most important person in the building right now. Rave reviews, right? We all agree. Willie Green is a damn good head coach. Gets buy-in from his players. The X's and O's stuff is improving too, but that's not the most important part of his job. He has done a tremendous job kind of turning around the culture of this franchise, and that goes to what David Griffin has always wanted. Family, right? That kind of atmosphere in there, that kind of culture, that kind of feel, those kind of vibes. That all exists right now on the team, and that's due to moves that David Griffin made bringing in the right kind of guys that kind of add to all of that sending out one in Eric Bledsoe that didn't yeah a lot of that trade was undoing mistakes that he did in the first place right it took him three seasons to find the right head coach took him three seasons to find the right center Derek Favors Stephen Adams then Valanciunas but he got he got him that's kind of the big thing right and if it ends up being that Zion signs the extension and is happy and is good I don't know. You didn't burn the bridge too hard there. And one of the things I think you also saw David Griffin do this year is take a little bit of a step back, right? Not trying to be in our faces as much. He loves his press conferences, is what I kind of gathered from before. This year, he's more quiet about that sort of thing, right? There was no performative show at the end of the season, towards the end of the season, like he did calling out the NBA refs over that Zion broken finger when eh, that wasn't really that. We haven't heard him say or do anything about the officials even though I didn't think they were that bad in the Phoenix Suns series. I kind of like that. He's not putting his foot in his mouth and just letting the team go out and play. Taking a step back and just running the team rather than at times trying to kind of be the center of it, I think was a very good decision on his part and let Willie Green take that kind of starring role, the front and center guy. So all of that is to say David Griffin did a really good job with the moves this offseason. Again, undoing things he did, but the end result is the end result and it's all good. And then... And then he had the trade at the trade deadline for C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. Let's talk about that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we do that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by Prize Picks. All right, NBA fans, are you looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA? Then you need to try the award-winning app, Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and I know you will too. It's super easy to use. You pick two to five players in an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry. And it's just you versus the projected numbers. Not someone with a block of monitors all over there, running algorithms, things like that, trading insider information. It's just you versus the numbers. You see them, you pick above them or below them. It's really that simple. And entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's really, really that easy. And Prize Picks is safe and offers fast withdrawals. And you get to use the award-winning app available both on the App Store and Google Play. And they offer any prop you can think of. Points scored to rebounds, even steals. And they allow mixed sports entries. You can get in on the NBA playoffs and MLB, soccer, whatever it is that might be intriguing to you. So for a limited time, Prize Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our listeners. Our listeners are going to get $50 for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point, but you've got to use promo code NBA. 
That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to Locked On fans. Sign up today. Use promo code NBA fifty dollars for free if a player in your first prize pick entry scores a single point. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week for y'all. No one else coming to you like this in podcast form and free. No paywall or anything like that. Just talking about the biggest stories you want to know. We got a lot going on this offseason with this team. And now for your next listen, your second listen, it's got to be Locked On Saints. Tyron Matthew coming home. I'm excited. I hope he gets number seven. I want to buy a number seven Matthew jersey so badly. And Ross Jackson, host of Locked On Saints, is going to be breaking it down. A great draft for the Saints. Now, one of the bigger free agent signings they could have and a homecoming for the dude. It's going to be a lot of fun. Make sure Locked On Saints is your second listen every day. All right, we're talking about David Griffin potentially winning the NBA's Executive of the Year Award. And we'll get into that really in the next segment. Does he have a realistic chance of winning? Should he win? And it might kind of surprise you a little bit here. But we're not done. We just went over some of the moves he made. Again, took three years to get it right, but all you can do, you can't really focus on the past too much. And I've been one of his biggest critics, but he's really kind of fixed a lot of the stuff that I've disliked about him. He's made the right moves. That's part of the job, right? He took a step back and didn't do all of the annoying David Griffin things that he does. And let the team just kind of go and do its thing and trusted Willie Green. And it paid dividends. And then he also made maybe the biggest move of the season, and that was the trade for C.J. McCollum. February 8th, right before the trade deadline. This was a move that just made so much sense, right? Like, the, the Blazers wanted to get rid of C.J. McCollum, and the Pelicans needed a dude exactly like C.J. McCollum. This trade made so much sense. And it happened. Sometimes there's something to be said for just doing the obvious and the right thing. And that is definitely what this move was when it came to David Griffin and this team. Traded Nikhil Alexander-Walker, Josh Hart, uh, Didi Uzada, and Tomas Sadoransky, a 2022 first-round pick, which is going to convert to other picks um, since they didn't get it. And brought in CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. along with Tony Snell. All three guys played Minutes for New Orleans. Snell, the least impactful of the bunch, but had a couple of games here and there where he had a real big thing. And can we speak enough, like, great things? Wax rhapsodic about C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance Jr.? Larry Nance Jr., probably more impactful in the playoffs than C.J. was? Yeah, that was a great deal. They'll likely sign... Uh, Larry Nance Jr. to a new contract and extension this offseason, bringing him back. C.J. McCollum just being that guard presence, some shooting, scoring, everything they needed out there on the court. And then, as we talked about in yesterday's show, talking about Zion Williamson and how he seemingly is starting to kind of come around and be the type of player in person you want him to be in the NBA, which is hard to do at 21 years old. C.J. was the catalyst for a lot of that. That interview he gave over All-Star Weekend being like, yeah, I haven't spoken to him. I'm going to get to the bottom of it. I don't know what's going on there. Seemed to wake up Zion and realize, oh man, like kind of the narrative's turning against me a little bit here. I need to start being better. I need to be a better teammate. I need to be more professional. Got him back to New Orleans early. And that seems to have done a lot. And now it's because of CJ McCollum. And having that veteran presence in the locker room, someone who's well-respected. And Zion kept calling him Mr. McCollum, and I'm not quite sure why, but I found it kind of funny, but it kind of speaks to that, right? Like, he's the head of the, he's the president of the Players Association. This is a guy that commands respect around the league. Having that sort of calming presence 
in the locker room teaching these young guys in a way that they don't quite have from anyone on the roster right now, because it sure ain't Garrett Temple, is a wonderful thing. And so that's the David Griffin move. And I don't think he gave up a lot in that trade. Yeah, losing Josh Hart sucked, but let's not pretend that he's better than C.J. McCollum. That pick didn't end up being that bad, and that's worth giving up a pick for a guy like C.J. McCollum. was never a true believer at this point in Nikhil Alexander-Walker. I don't know. I don't think they gave up that much to even get C.J. McCollum, which tells you how well of a job that David Griffin did if it's looking like a steal to a certain degree with everything. Really, when you look at the offseason, the only thing that really was a negative was the Lonzo Ball sign-and-trade with the Chicago Bulls for Sadoransky and Garrett Temple, but Sadoransky was included for salary purposes in that trade with the Blazers for C.J. McCollum and Larry Nance Jr., right? The second-round pick isn't great that you get from that, but Lonzo Ball ended up injured, didn't really kind of make the impact he would have wanted for the Chicago Bulls, though they were good. We'll talk about them actually coming up in the NBA's Executive of the Year Award when we discuss that in the next segment. But that doesn't even look... It doesn't look great. It doesn't look great. But it's not nearly catastrophic as it could have been in hindsight. And so that helps a little bit, right? So when you kind of look at it, that big kind of two things going down at the trade deadline, the trade with Memphis and then bringing in Devontae Graham and moving all of those draft picks, getting three impactful guys from that class, I think is a really big thing in in David Griffin's favor, right? Getting starters in Valanciunas, a guy who's a role player to some degree in Devontae Graham, even if I don't love that. And then CJ McCollum and Larry Nance Jr. It's remaking your roster really quickly and having success with it. They got into the postseason. So can he win the NBA's executive of the year award? And should he win the NBA's executive of the year award? That's coming up next here in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. Before we get to that, though, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans brought to you by BetOnline.net. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. So find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of Major League Baseball season over at BetOnline.net, your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting playoffs, esports, and more. You can get in-game action, too, which is a lot of fun when things are kind of going crazy. If you think a team's going to make a run and start to get back into the game, you can get some good odds on that right now. And the Suns right now, as I'm saying this, are hammering the Dallas Mavericks up 13. Well, maybe it's not going to be as easy for the Golden State Warriors as possible, which means you might be able to get better odds on them. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action over at betonline.net. BetOnline, where the game starts. And thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen every day. We're free and available five days a week still. No slowing down. It's going to be a fun offseason. You're excited about this team. I'm excited about this team. Let's keep talking about this team. So thank you for making Lockdown Pelicans your first listen every day. On Spotify, you can now leave uh, reviews and stars. Do it, please. I know you either listen on, on, on iTunes, Apple, or Spotify. Leave a five-star review with a comment if you can. It helps keep this show free and five days a week for you all. It supports the show more than you could possibly no, so please do it. It takes like 30 seconds to do it. Now for your, your second listen, check out the Locked On, uh, sorry, the Locked On NBA Big Board. Host Rafael Barlow from NBA Draft Junkies and author of the NBA Big Board newsletters joined by a bunch of other draft experts giving you in-depth look into the NBA draft, mock drafts, player rankings, and of course, big boards. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast as part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, we are talking about David Griffin potentially winning the NBA's Executive of the Year Award. You know what? When you factor in... So let's break down kind of the criteria on this. As you look 
at the history of this award, it kind of is either flashy things or immediate success. Those are kind of the two. Last year, James Jones of the Phoenix Suns won it. Kind of had everything in there, right? You bring you get Chris Paul, you kind of make a run, do all of those things, and um, they're good. So he wins the award. The year before that was Lawrence Frank with the Los Angeles Clippers. He signed Paul George and Kawhi Leonard and brought them to the team. Okay, that makes a lot of sense. The year before that was uh, John Horst of the Milwaukee Bucks. Just being a really good team, having the MVP, having Giannis there too. So when you look at that, it really tends to favor kind of like big moves or a really good team. So it tends to kind of favor more immediacy is the way I see that, right? This is not necessarily about long-term planning who's setting their team up for the best type of success. You know, then maybe Sam Presti of the Thunder would be in there to, to some degree, right? Or some of these teams that take on salary to be able to then go and make moves later down the line. This tends to favor immediate success, which leads me to believe that this year it's going to be won by a guy like, like Brad Stevens, right? With the Boston Celtics getting the second seed, going on a second half tear, hiring a new coach. And look at the look at the dividends it paid. Look at how good they were, right? Even though they looked terrible in that loss to the Milwaukee Bucks. And keep in mind, this is a regular season award. So the Pelicans taking the Phoenix Suns to game seven isn't going to factor in. I don't even really know if the play-in tournament games factor into this sort of thing. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. And that's something that is probably going to hurt David Griffin on this. But when you look at this, right, and what David Griffin has done, the team had immediate success this year and did all of this stuff, right, their record going to six games with the Suns, even though that's not factored in, without Zion Williamson. Without Zion Williamson, let me say it again for dramatic effect. This team was that good, was doing that much without Zion Williamson, should say something about the team that he's built, right? And so he does that. They have success this year, but they're also set up for future success. You know, Brandon Ingram's still under long-term contract. Same, Zion hopefully will sign an extension, but isn't going anywhere. You just had Trey Murphy and Herb Jones be potential starters for your team, like next season good. Jose Alvarado, immediate guy off of the bench. Valanchunas is a starter for you. This team still looks good going into next year. So not only has he kept long-term success in play, sustainable success, right? But they won this year too. When you look at that, that's pretty good. That's kind of what you want in an executive of the year, in my opinion, to be honest. Win now, but also be set up for the future to keep getting better and keep improving. And so from those kind of criteria, David Griffin should win. I actually agree with that, or at least get real close to winning or be, you know, be a top vote getter or something like that. But he's probably not going to finish in the top three. It's probably going to go to... I'd be willing to bet Brad Stevens would be my guess. Then James Jones might be in there, too, with how good the Phoenix Suns were this season. You know, you could also throw in, um, I'm blanking on his name from the Chicago Bulls. I would also probably butcher it, so I don't want to do that. But they were good at kind of going in reinventing themselves. Lonzo Ball, DeMar DeRozan being excellent, too. Um, and having those guys really start to contribute and be key players for them. So he's going to get votes, too. But it really does kind of favor either you made some big signings and yeah, we got to give it to you, Paul George, Kawhi Leonard. They didn't play that year for that team barely, right? And he still won executive of the year because he just brought him there. Well, you got CJ McCollum. Valanciunas is an underrated starting center for sure. 
and you set the team up for future success. You know, if they were the fifth seed, sixth seed, he probably wins running away, to be honest. But I don't think he's going to end up getting it because of that. But I think there's a real good argument to be made, and hopefully I just made it, that he should be winning executive of the year. And I've hammered David Griffin before, but he's done all the right things this year. Not perfect, not 100% perfect, but like a like solid 90 plus score here, if not higher than, you know, 95 or something like that. And now you get to add Zion and everything back to this team and the future looks really bright. So I'm excited to see what this team's going to be. And we all are because we know there is definitely something being built here. And to me, that seems like it should be executive of the year worthy in some capacity. Let me know what you think in the YouTube comments below. Should he win executive of the year or should it go to a guy like, you know, Brad Stevens and the Boston Celtics who were an excellent team, particularly in the second half of the season? All right, that's going to do it for this episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen every day. Now for your second listen, check out Locked on NBA from the first jump ball of the play-in tournament to the last possession of the finals. Locked on experts take you deep inside the playoffs with insight and analysis affecting all 30 teams. I'll be on there tomorrow as I am on every Wednesday, bringing it all down. It's going to be a fun show. I can't wait. So thank you all for listening. As always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, and we'll be back with you all tomorrow.